You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. That's right, the last one of the week. Let's turn to our next topic and guests of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're celebrating International Domestic Workers Day, which is today. So a big thank you to all our migrant workers here in Hong Kong and in the world. And to celebrate this, I'm really delighted to be joined in the studio by Manisha Weejay Singer, who is the Executive Director of Help for Domestic Workers, along with Lily Layuk, who is a community leader at Help, by talking about about the outreach work that they do in our migrant workers community. Uh, welcome to the program, Lily and Manisha. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Good morning. We are also live on Facebook as well, so I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Uh, say hello to Lily and Manisha there, <laughs> Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, you'll be able to, to share your own appreciations for our lovely uh, domestic workers here in Hong Kong. So Manisha, maybe I'll start off with you first. I know you and your team do so much outreach and advocacy work for, for this important community here in Hong Kong. Uh, give us a brief outline of what exactly do you do here in, in the city? Sure. Um, thank you very much for having us. Um, so Help for Domestic Workers, we are an organization where just about to be 35 years old next year. Um, and we're an organization that uh, seeks to empower migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong, uh, provide them access to their rights, and also to support domestic workers and employers to have good employment relationships and to make sure that domestic workers then have the opportunity to succeed and achieve their goals. Um, um, so the way we do that is um, by providing assistance to domestic workers and employers in setting up a good employment relationship, in navigating problems, questions that they have. We also respond to domestic workers in crisis. So there are domestic workers who are in really terrible situations of exploitation, abuse, those who have become homeless. So providing emergency support. We provide mental health support for domestic workers. We have free counseling services. Uh, we have community community engagement activities for them uh, and education programs. I think one of the big issues that we face in the present world is misinformation and the lack of access to practical information. So that's something that we do, you know, proactively reaching out not only to domestic workers, but also supporting employers and helping them understand, you know, what are the things that they need to look out for when having a domestic worker and how to avoid problems. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In this day and age, it's so easy to get the wrong information misinformation. Um, to your knowledge, where do domestic workers get their source of information from? Um, I think with domestic workers, a lot of them, and, and even with employers, a lot of them rely on their employment agencies. Um, and, and where the employment agency is unable to provide information, a lot of them rely on social, social media, media sure. and and also their friends. And I think that's very common. E even you and I, when we have a problem, the first person we reach out to is a friend, whether they're an expert on that issue or not. So I think a lot of, a lot of the community, domestic workers and employers rely on friends, social media media um, and uh, just you know word of mouth absolutely and that's why it's so important to have community leaders where if you are reaching out then the right sort of information is being passed on I know Lily is a, is a community leader so um, before we get to Lily Manisha outline just sort of the role of a community leader in, in your charity uh, you've done very well in terms of building up uh, this resource uh, outline some of the work that they do 
Sure. Um, the community leadership program, this was something, I mean, this was something that was formally started in 2020 during the pandemic, but this has been something that HELP has been doing for quite a while. And again, this goes back to the fact that one of the things that we know is domestic workers first reach out to their peers if they have problems. A lot of the times problems... We, we all do. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yes. A lot of the times problems are discussed while they're out on their Sunday rest day, whether it's at church, whether it's you know, sitting in a park and they're like, you know, I have this problem, what do I do? Um, and one of the things that we realize is if the community is not aware of how to provide that information or how to let people know where to go, what happens is these workers fall into bigger problems because they will take the wrong action or they will make a wrong decision and it becomes a big problem. So what we thought is we want to identify and empower leaders within the community who are seen as, you know, the go-to information sources, provide them with the accurate information, provide them with the support so that then they can be that kind of person to provide that information to other domestic workers. And we really saw success in that over the pandemic when we had domestic workers all over the uh, city having problems. It was people like Lily who was going out and talking to them, taking medicine, taking food and supporting them. Yeah, Lily, welcome to the program and Hello. thank you so much for taking Pleasure time to joining us today. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself then. Uh, hello everyone. Thank you for being us here uh, in th this morning. Happy International Domestic Helper Day. My name is Lily. I am from Palawan in the Philippines. <laughs> I have currently been working in Hong Kong for 10 years, but before I moved to Hong Kong, I was a preschool teacher in the Philippines. Okay, and what made you move to Hong Kong then? Uh, due to, you know, poverty and competition um, of people, uh, professional competition made me realize to come to Hong Kong. Yeah, and um, what's your time and your experience been like in Hong Kong? It's different because from what I see before, I only know Hong Kong by its name, Hong Kong. <laughs> this is also my first country that I work with. Yeah. Never been to any country. So, that you've yeah, been to. I was amazed yeah. with the building and structure compared to my hometown, yeah. which is suburb area. <laughs> Lily, it's amazing that you've chosen to dedicate your time to become a community leader. Uh, tell us about sort of the role of a community leader. What exactly do you do? Thank you. Um, once one Sunday night, while I has I was having uh, hung out with my friends at the park, I saw one fellow migrant workers who was lying on the bench. She looked so tired and hungry, so I approached her and offered her some food because that is what we normally do during Sunday, bringing food, getting together. So later on, when she's eating, she said she haven't eat anything yet and she was just there for two hours break for supposed to one whole day off and then uh, hearing those I feel sad <laughs> and I was determined to help those um, fellow migrant workers to, to do something with uh, to, uh, who are facing such problem so I joined helper domestic workers <laughs> leaders program by Mama Nisha from the helper domestic workers and through those uh, community outreach I was so surprised to learn that my fellow migrant workers were treated badly made them over time work every day like not giving enough holiday and even suffering physically and mentally abuse
abuse. Many of them were suffering and uh, living in this kind of circumstances for months and years without knowing their help and their right and where to go for help. So I joined also classes from Mama Nisha's Know Your Right and learn about employment contracts. I also attended workshop for mental health first aid, yoga classes, and other activities. And I can now feel um, like I'm already empowered and well informed with those kinds of rights and able to help my fellow migrant workers to unlock their potential as community leaders. Truly remarkable, Lily. That's amazing. And you do all of this in your free time, in your spare time, yeah. on your day off to empower yourself and, and learn more things so you can help your fellow yes. uh, country men and women. Yes, that's amazing. That's, thank you. In terms of the situation that some of the migrant workers face in Hong Kong, um, how common is mistreatment or, you know, um, have you come across that? Yeah, because um, most of the domestic migrant workers are scared to open up or discuss their situation. So I have to build trust and bond with them and knowing that we are in this together. <laughs> and I make sure that we, they feel like we are they, uh, in, ha- in our um, community leader, they found family net and home. Yeah, and I think the pandemic also highlighted um, some of the heartwarming situations, but also some of the heartbreaking situations that a lot of uh, migrant workers faced uh, with their employers, especially during times when they were sick and they spent so much time looking after their employers and they weren't sort of given the same respect or just care or support that that, that, that they deserve. Uh, Explain a little bit more about some of the outreach work outreach work that you do so uh, typically um, do you go up to somebody and say hey do you need my help or how, how does it work no we normally go I go I and my friend Charmaine go for a Sunday visit Hello, <laughs> <laughs> and to my employer they're very supportive yes, and understanding <laughs> so we go out for a Sunday like in Central where are, there are many migrant workers are just sitting because just by saying how are you makes them feel really different and you know I, when you have a friend's gesture you have some food to it. We share, even though we are from different ethnicities, make them feel like, oh, they are comfortable talking, they're personal, you know. So making those, uh, building those kind of relationship with them, talking Sunday, you can really know what's um, their problem and their situation and experience here in Hong Kong. Yeah. What sorts of things did you learn on your course? You mentioned things about employment rights. Um, what else did you learn? Learn about um, the proper holiday rest day and about where you go, about your sickness and how you claim your sickness, leave something like that. And also about the agency. Yeah. <laughs> That's very important and significant for every migrant worker to know. Yeah, I'm so surprised. Well, not actually surprised, but uh, <laughs> you know that a lot of uh, migrant workers, well, workers in, in general, who may not know their rights. Why is that? You know, when you sign up for a job, um, does the agency not explain clearly or, or are some things sort of uh, implied? How does it work, Manisha? Um, well, I think with, uh, especially, I mean, for all of us, I think when we're traveling to a foreign country, there's there's a lot of excitement associated with it and, and there you don't think that things will go wrong. Mm. So I think, you know, even though sometimes there's information available, you don't pay as much attention. But then specifically for migrant domestic workers, I feel like there's a lot of emphasis being put on learning how to cook the food and learning how to launder the clothes and things like that, but not a lot of emphasis Protection. in terms of yeah. how to protect yourself or even 
even how to establish a good relationship with your employer. Mm-hmm. Because what we see in at help is um, a lot of problems actually could have been avoided with kind of clear communication, expectation setting from both parties, which doesn't happen. And and it's it's because both parties haven't been provided those tools or even been asked to do that as an expectation. So a lot of emphasis is just put on the hard skills in terms of how do you make a bed or how do you use a vacuum cleaner and not really enough in terms of making sure that the relationship is successful and you're protected. Because the thing is, wherever you have underrepresented communities or disadvantaged communities, there's always people looking to take advantage. And you see illegal money lenders, you know, illegal agencies trying to make use. And I think, Lily, you yes. come across a lot <laughs> yeah, of these workers who yeah, have been yeah. lied to. Yes, that's true. From the people who... From lend- agencies, from money yeah. lenders, from different people mm-hmm. who are trying to make use of the fact that these workers come here hoping for a better future. future. And and we all do, you know. We all want we all want to provide for our families, yeah, and just yeah. to pry on mm. these uh, sort of vulnerability yeah. is 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 a, a very bad indeed. <laughs> um, well, let's talk a little bit more about how to better facilitate better communication between uh, employers and employees, because I think that's important in any industry, yeah. um, but especially I think in, in the domestic workers circle, because you're actually living in the same quarters. You're, you know, I I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, living with with my own boss, for example, you know, I'm sure um, many of us, you know, are, are in that situation where um, migrant workers ha- are living in our own uh, house. So how can we facilitate uh, better communications uh, between employers and employees? <laughs> Do you want to take this? Okay, sure. I think I have, I suggest that, you know, um, in an open and honest conversation with your employer, sit them, talk nicely when you are both calm and peacefully and talk, the how, uh, talk about house rules, your food, your rest, they arrange and sleeping arrangement I think that's also better in um you know not very rudely and I believe that an open and heart-to-heart communication will lead to a healthy relationship to both parties yeah and I think sometimes um, people are just shy to bring it up so how do you break the ice there Manisha Lily um I think obviously Lily I think you can definitely talk more from <laughs> from the workers side I think from the employers side definitely providing that option providing the opportunity and and this is similar to any kind of employment relationship you know where in offices we have one-to-ones and check-ins feedback, with our bosses yes. feedback sessions and it's because you know domestic workers come from uh, from communities where they might feel like they are imposing on the employer if they tell them about their problems so what we usually encourage employers employers is to have kind of a regular check-in, sit down with your worker like any other employment relationship and ask, how are you doing? Do you need any extra support? Um, Do you need, you know, anything that we can support with? Uh, Because that also avoids a lot of kind of the misunderstandings that can happen as well. That's true. true. Because I believe that employer choose the anti or migrant workers at the beginning and they will not spend thousands of money just to fire after one or miss understanding right they both i think i have to just sit and then but in a nice way i think that will also be um, a good uh, start for them and because uh, we are come from the different um um ethnicity surroundings and then when you come here in a one flat the closed door we do are not used to our neighbor is just there saying hello you know and then uh, the, the also the language barrier sometimes they misunderstood the way you talk or the way the employer talk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, 
good communication is super important and expectations as mm-hmm. well because you know a lot of the times uh, the, the aunties or the domestic worker has had many different experiences That's working true. for many different families mm-hmm. so the way um, you know one employer wants clothes to be ironed might be different to how another employer wants it to be yeah. ironed yeah. so when you actually say this is what I want can you do or, or how do you do it and you know you observe and this way you are just you know ha- having yeah. a better communication yeah. as well um, do you find a lot of times employers and, and, and migrant workers actually have a breakdown of communication and when that happens what can they do um, I think, you know, one of the things we see is both parties actually do want to make the relationship work. Yeah. So I think, you know, mm. unless it's it's a really terrible situation, all hope is not lost. Even if there's a breakdown in the relationship, I think there's an opportunity to still kind of come back together and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And if then you feel like the relationship doesn't work, you know, even then, move away from each other amicably because there's there's no reason to spend thousands of dollars going to court and going for legal uh, cases. So one of the things, I mean, we would uh, always say is, you know, either come together and have a conversation or reach out to us. So, you know, help. We as an organization, we try to support both domestic workers and employers. Uh, We try to mediate issues, answer questions, things like that. Because honestly, as Lily was saying, you know, you don't spend thousands of dollars to break down the relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, finally, we've got a few minutes before the news. Let's talk about uh, ways we can show our appreciation uh, to our lovely uh, helpers here in Hong Kong. Uh, Lily, what can we do? <laughs> I think um, not really that much. Just by appreciation that we are a part of the family and our contribution really appreciate a lot. Because, you know, saying nice words like please or thank you we feel like we are valued and we always give our heart and we love our job and the family that we are working with up international domestic <laughs> <laughs> Lily, you're so humble Manisha can you also uh, offer ways yeah, we can show I mean, our appreciation I think, you know Definitely for the domestic worker who works with your family, appreciation is a big thing and just recognizing them as as your employee, as individuals, as contributing members of your family, but also on a broader scale, just looking at domestic workers as individuals in their own rights. A lot of domestic workers are very, very qualified. Lily has a yes. degree um, and she's she has done early education. We have nurses, we have teachers, we have artists, you know, recognizing their successes as a community, but also coming together to support domestic workers as a whole. I think, you know, there are lots of domestic workers who have great employment relationships, but there are also many domestic workers who are in situations of abuse, not getting enough food, not getting enough rest. And if you can do just a bit more in terms of not only appreciating your own domestic worker, but then going out and working with organizations like HELP and supporting the other domestic workers who may not be as lucky to have great employers. That would be really great. Absolutely. And uh, International uh, International uh, Domestic Workers Day isn't just the only day we should be celebrating our helpers. It should be every day. We should be showing appreciation every day. Um, and ways to show uh, our appreciation, really, uh, as Lily and Manisha said, you know, say your please and thank yous and also uh, appreciate them as part of your family. Give them bonuses, uh, g- <laughs> you know, uh, being able to, to give them presents and also giving them a fair time to rest and also making sure that they are given the rest times and 
going back to home for holidays is very, very important because think about moving away from your own family and the sacrifices that, you know, you'll have to make uh, in order to, to support your own family. It's really not an easy task uh, to, to, to really, we really should think about these things because at the end of the workday, we get to go home to our family, but a lot of the times uh, our lovely aunties uh, are still in our home and really not able to be with uh, their own family. But of course, technology uh, really improves this. Uh, Nicole on Facebook says, congratulations, Lily and Miss Manisha. Happy International Workers' Day. And also we've got uh, Fran Vakev. Uh, good day, everyone. Happy International Workers' Thank Day you. here on Facebook. Thank you, Thank you so much, uh, Lily Thank and Manisha. Remind our listeners once again, uh, is there a social media that we can support help for domestic sure. workers? Sure. Um, you can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook at Help for Domestic Workers. Or you can come to our Facebook page um, and see kind of all the ways in which you can support our wonderful domestic workers. <laughs> yes, and it's a day to celebrate you. Thank you so thank much, you. Lily, thank for your time, you. the star of the <laughs> show. You. And Manisha, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And a quick look at the weather forecast uh, for today. Cloudy with showers. Showers will be heavy at times with squally thunderstorms, moderate south to southwesterly winds. And the amber rainstorm warning is in force. So is the thunderstorm warning. 27 degrees Celsius at the moment. And the relative humidity is at 94%. I'm sorry, it's 11.31. The news update with Haley Yip. A specialist in critical care medicine says nurses should be monitoring patients' condition once drug infusion has started to ensure steady heartbeat and blood pressure. Raymond Lee made the comments following the death of a premature newborn after an equipment blunder. Mr. Lee told RTHK that he doesn't know exactly how the incident happened, but opening the infusion valve is considered a simple procedure. The SAR government has hit out at the U.S. State Department's latest assessment of Hong Kong in its 2023 human trafficking report saying human trafficking is not prevalent here and neither is the city a major transit point for syndicates. And an environmental